So, John, what's the biggest lie you've ever told? The biggest lie I've ever, ever told. Hmm. And who to? And who to? Well, indeed. Did I ever tell you that you could pull off a man bun? I don't think you did, actually. No, I'm trying no. to think, was I being a supportive friend or an honest friend? Because... Uh... I don't think anybody was being a supportive no, friend. No, no, everyone was full honesty on that one. You're right. Yeah. Fair enough, okay. Yeah, that was the time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, actually. I, don't, I think I'm a very honest person. I don't think I lie very often. And there it is. There's the lie. The biggest lie you've told ever told. Him, yeah. I don't lie very often. Complete bullshit. Some films are fine, just the way they are. Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we are picturing prequels, sequels and spin-offs to focus the last of our Will Smith season, The Pursuit oh, of Happiness. Thank God. Thank God indeed. It's <laughs> <sighs> been a time. Um, we'll also be pitching some drinking games and hearing from our listeners with the submissions they've posted on Facebook and Twitter. But first, we're going to talk about some of our favourite moments and give a bit of a plot summary. Kind of. <laughs> you forgot the concept of the show yeah. there, didn't you, for a second? <laughs> Just a bit. Um, I'm Harry, the host with the most fancy watch. Oh, okay, yeah, you would us. definitely be a, a great mark for any kind of, any kind of street criminal, really. Mm, definitely. Joining me as always, the lie of the podcast, is John Lucas. Thought my, my entire existence is a lie now? It's escalated. <laughs> Just saying you're not real, you might be a voice I do. The listeners haven't seen you. That's a good point, yeah. Yeah. So, what do you think of this then, Focus? Focus, yeah. Not the worst film we've watched this season, I would say. No. No, this was okay. This film just, it really requires you to just like shut your brain off. All those questioning voices in your head that mm-hmm. go, well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Or, well, how would they possibly do that? Like, yep. if you yep. turn that off, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's possible. I didn't hate this. No, it, it's it's yeah. It wants really badly, so very badly, to be a Steven Soderbergh film. I mm, think. Yeah, it does. Yeah, like Out of Sight and you know yeah. Ocean's Eleven, the mm. kind of really stylish crime things. It's not as smart as it thinks it is. I don't no, think not in at the all. slightest. Not at all. But it's got two very likable lead actors in it, mm-hmm. and they, they're both pretty likable in it. You know, yeah. on the whole. So no, it was it was okay. Yeah, yeah, just okay. Yeah. Not not a film I will ever think of or watch after this episode it goes out, but... Uh, yeah, I feel like I've watched this film too many times for mm. how average it is. Yeah. <laughs> I must have seen this like four or five times now. And I, I don't know... Really? I don't know why. Like You said the same about... Uh, was it I Am Legend? Or, no. Um, yeah. Hancock, Hancock. Hancock, Hancock sorry, Hancock yeah. Times as well, yeah, so. yeah. Maybe it's the Will Smith thing. Maybe, maybe he makes films that are so... They've got such a low barrier to entry. Mm. You know I mean, they're just like, well, I know I can watch a Will Smith film and I'm not going to be like upset or challenged or... You know, yeah, yeah. This will be good to just have on. Yeah. So, whereas you watch five of those in a row, you get a bit anxious for something with yeah. a bit more, you know, meat <laughs> on the bones. But I can see how you could be kind of fooled into just putting this on. Like, oh, that, that seems like an okay thing to put on. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But, dear God, this is plain... It is very, yeah, it, it is very plain. It is very, like I said, it, it's so not as intelligent as it thinks it is. And no. so much that you just, yeah, if you, if you do put any kind of thought into how the plot actually works, it kind of has for me what 
I would call the Ocean's 13 syndrome. Mm. And not Ocean's 13. Was it Ocean's 13? Ocean's 8. Ocean's 8, sorry. Right. The, yeah. the all-female remake. That yeah, we saw. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, not that that film's the first film that did this by any means, but it's the one that we saw in the cinema that really, I think was the last time I talked about this. But <laughs> it's a thing I don't like in this kind of film. Because I'm here for a heist movie or like a you know, thriller mm-hmm. or crime film, whatever. That's, that's interesting to me. But I don't like it when those films don't, let the audience go along for the ride mm-hmm. on like what the characters are thinking and what they're planning, what they're doing. It just yeah, lets things yeah, yeah. happen and then it tells you, oh, and here's a flashback and this is how we did it. And it's like, well, that's not fun to watch because we haven't been part of your journey. You're just mm-hmm. kind of explaining it to us now that we could never have possibly guessed before. Yeah, yeah. Like, for example, we'll get to the plot of summary, but like the main thing, probably the most ridiculous scene is when he, Will Smith's character pulls a fast one on B.D. Wong, the mm-hmm. millionaire oh, yeah. gambler. Yeah. And then, yeah, there's a whole really tense scene that we'll get into later. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of it, it pulls back. It's like, aha, this is how he did it. And the way he did it is so ridiculous. <laughs> so completely absurd. <laughs> and that's probably why they couldn't show you, because they did it fall apart in an instant. Yeah. But I'd love to, like, be in on... And that's what good crime movies do to me. Be well, in if, on if, how they set it all up. And then you watch the payoff and like, oh, yes, it worked. Great. Yeah, it doesn't even need to be in on the setup. Like... Um, I mean, it'd be easier to talk about this when we're talking about that scene. Sure, yeah. We don't need to be in on the setup of it necessarily, but just show enough of it. Like maybe yeah. you see the lorry go past that's got his friend's face on it. Yeah, see, or stuff like, oh, like that. Something's a foot here. Yeah. yeah, just like oh, do I see his face on it? Oh, I can't have seen yeah. that. No, let's move on from that. And then it gets back to it, and like oh, I did see that. Okay, yeah. okay, Incept yeah. Incept it into your brain the way that it sets the concept into the a character's brain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, this film is just like a series, a whole series of just like, like aha like, moments. It's just, like, like, like like at that point, he gets out this pocket square. Yeah, that's just covered in number five. Like. Yeah. He wasn't wearing a pocket square before now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's all exposition and retconning, and I yeah. don't find that particularly compelling. Yeah. No. Like if he like put the pocket square out or some yeah. pulled, pulled it out or something, or if you know he handed somebody a napkin and it was you notice that it's the number fives everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, you see the pattern on the screen maybe, because then if you do figure it out, you feel you get to feel a bit smart. And if you don't, yeah. you go, oh, but that was right there in front of me. But yeah. instead, it's just like we never give you any reason to think this is what was going to happen, but. No. This is what happened, which mm-hmm. is exactly what Ocean's 8 was. It was like, yeah. there's a whole, you know, they do the whole scam, but they don't show you how they do until it's been done. It's like, well... That, that one... Well, that was maybe worse, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not going to get into that now, because we already did get into that on the bonus episode. Sure, but, yeah. dear God, that was yeah. awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was probably even worse than this. Yeah, I'd like say to, that was a more extreme version of this. Yeah. Like I said, I, I mostly enjoyed this film, but in, in a very kind of, like, passive kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alright, we're gonna make this quick because it's really cold. Now I'm gonna show you a few touches, but at the end of the day, this is a game of focus. Very clever. Alright, now, attention is like a spotlight. And our job is to dance in the darkness. I didn't feel you take that. The human brain is slow and it cannot multitask. Jesus, when... All right, I'm sure you can flip a leather on his feet, but what we're talking about is much more complex when than that. When did you take my wallet? Plot summary then. Sure. Um, I mean, it's. I guess it's technically my choice, but I would like you to do it because you literally watched this half an hour ago. Okay, that's true. Well, I watched it a week ago and uh, we, we kind of ended up rescheduling our um, our recording, so I rewatched it this week mm-hmm. uh, just to make sure I had it fresh. Okay. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, Focus came out about four years ago, maybe? Mm. Yeah, about 2015. Sure. It was one of the first Margot Robbie 
big, mm. big star vehicles. Yeah. It's, it's the first time I noticed her. Yeah, same. Mostly from just because I didn't see it. Mostly I just noticed her from seeing the poster and being like, she seems a lot younger than Will Smith. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, I think she had been in Wall Street before this, to be fair, which obviously got a lot of attention. But oh, yeah. it's definitely in the, the, like, the rising phase, whereas now she's obviously mm. a huge star. Mm-hmm. Um, so it stars her and Will Smith. Not the original choices. Once right. again, a bit of a pattern, it feels like Will Smith films. This is another one that went through a lot of different potential mm-hmm. pairings. It was initially supposed to be Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Okay. Because you know how they make a yeah. lot of films together? Well, like crazy stupid, yeah, they made like Crazy Stupid Love. And they've made like three films together now, mostly yeah. like rom-com things. So. Yeah. I don't know how that would have worked. I mean, they're about the same age and they have good chemistry, so that helps. But uh, Yeah. Yeah, that was initially. No, I, th- I think that definitely would have worked. It could have worked, yeah. So it's going to be down to, and then that they both dropped out, it fell apart. Then it was going to be Ben Affleck and Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart, as in Twilight Lady. Mm, yeah, that just about works. Yeah, I don't um, know if Ben Affleck could have played like a really charming. It would have been different. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I don't think if it was like charming thief, like Will Smith plays I, a very good charming thief. I think of Ben Affleck as the age he is. Yeah. Whereas Will Smith, I think of him as like charming enough that he can get away with it. Yeah, I think Will, Ben Affleck and Kristen Stewart, or even Ben Affleck and Margot Robbie, would have been a lot even creepier than Will Smith and yeah. other actresses. It just, yeah. yeah, he looks his age. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, and then eventually it came down to uh, Margot Robbie and Will Smith, which mm. is what we landed on. But I do think that maybe there were some bits of the plot that still thought it was a Ryan Gosling or Ben Affleck movie. <laughs> Most of all, Will Smith's character name. Mm. Do you remember what Will Smith was called in this film? No. Nicky Spongeon. Nicky Spongeon. Nicky Spongeon. That is not a Will Smith name. That right? is ridiculous. Like, his character obviously has a lot of layers of deception, so it could be like a yeah. fake name. We never find out, but yeah. it's not even a convincing fake name for Will Smith. You don't look at Will Smith and go, I bet he's called Nicky Spongeon. What are the names that Will Smith has had over this season? We've had... Hancock. Well, well, yeah, we've had Hancock, we've had Jim West, yeah, we've, we've had, had Hitch. Hitch. Yeah, I buy all of those. We've yeah. had Dr. Neville something. Okay, that was maybe pushing it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> that was maybe the one that was a little bit less. But... And then I think this was the worst. Yeah, the Nicky Spongeon. Yeah. Just, no, Actually, no, this no. kind of goes um, hand-in-hand with what you were saying earlier about things that you could never have predicted. Yeah. Will Smith at one point mentions... Like his dad or something, or his long lost dad, or his dead dad, or something. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so basically, you're brought, you, you're given the idea that oh, Will Smith has or had a dad. That's a character. Yeah. And so then they do this massive twist at the end, where like, oh, that guy who's been in the whole film, who's clearly not Will Smith's biological dad, yeah. is Will Smith's dad. You're like, yeah. all right, well, you could have like given a hint that like there was an adoption or something. Yeah. Well, that's like, it, the film. That's the thing. The, the, the film doesn't let you guess anything's going to happen before it happens. It's just like, yeah. well, just accept it. This is what it was. Yeah. Sorry. Which is, for me, not very good writing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Whereas, like, if it was Ryan Gosling or, I guess, maybe Ben Affleck. You, you could, could maybe buy it, yeah. yeah. you could maybe buy it. They're like, okay, yeah, that's, that's the dad. Yeah. No, I agree, yeah. Just some kind of vague familial, you know, similarity would help. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But no. So, yeah, we thought we opened the film with Will Smith. He's drinking alone in a bar. Mm-hmm. And he has a meet-cute. He meets cute with uh, Margot Robbie, mm-hmm. who initially just seems to be a beautiful woman in a bar who's being hit on by all these kind of gross men and she's like she just comes and sits at his table and goes will you be my partner for the night because mm-hmm. I just this guy's hitting on me really hard and I just need something to mm-hmm. throw him off the scent and he's like yeah sure and they have a you know they have a nice little romantic evening and mm-hmm. obviously one thing leads to another they go up to the hotel room and they you know they're getting it on and uh, immediately they are interrupted by Margot Robbie's husband mm-hmm. who storms in points a gun at Will Smith's face mm-hmm. and starts threatening him 
But Will Smith sees through this immediately and realizes yep. this is a complete ruse. He's yep. like, go ahead, shoot me. Like, takes a bit of a risk. I mean, he always knew it was a ruse. He always knew it was a ruse, yep. yeah. He'd, he'd seen through this immediately. And he realizes that this is a scam. And that they're not married at all. Mm-hmm. And they're just trying... This whole... Margot Robbie's been in on this whole con to try and, like, basically steal his wallet. Mm-hmm. So he kind of talks his way out of the situation, just tells them that he knows exactly what they're on to, and then kind of just walks away. And the partner in crime is never seen again. Mm. So I guess that was just a temporary hookup for Margot Robbie. Yeah. But she <laughs> she follows Will Smith and kind of finds out that he is also a kind of a professional criminal or con artist. Mm-hmm. And she kind of begs him to train her to teach her because she's kind of really small for her. She just does kind of inept kind of knockoffs like that where she tries to get men you know, flirts with men and robs them, whatever. Mm-hmm. And she wants to learn more because he's like a master criminal. And so he kind of reluctantly-ish agrees to, you know, take her under his wing. Mm-hmm. After doing a whole thing where he basically does like a magician's sleeve of like stealing <laughs> everything that's not that's on her body. Like, yeah. <laughs> here's your wallet. Here's your watch. Here's your bra. I've got them all. It was... Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, well, it was all right. It's fine. It's setting, up, it's setting up as this kind of... Well... The film's still fun at this point. Yeah, yeah, it's, most it's, of the it's, film it's, is fun, I'd say. It's, it's, it's got enough pacing still going for it right now that yeah. it's difficult not to enjoy it. Yeah, we, we get a classic shout-out-the-film title in a throwaway line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a focus game. Yeah. All right, got it. Check <laughs> that box. And basically, he is he incorporates her into his kind of criminal enterprise and teaches her the ways of the pickpocket and con mm-hmm. artist, whatever. And at this point, he's basically, or she is basically the artful dodger. Yeah. It gets very Oliver Twisty. Like. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's very like, you've got to pick a pocket or two, because they go out onto the streets of some kind of carnival or something. Are they in mm. New Orleans or something? Something like that, yeah. And yeah, there, and there's just a gang of them, basically. And they're all just walking around, just picking people's pockets mm-hmm. and sliding people's watches off. All of these watches have these terribly made straps where you can just go like, whoosh, you know, yeah. just a, a slight glancing hand and they don't feel a thing. Mm-hmm. Like. But... I've always been confused by that. Like, how how on earth does somebody get a watch off that easily without anybody noticing? I'm quickly? sure it's possible. Like, if you're trained, you know. I can't do that to my own watch. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get it off that easily or quickly. It always gets caught on something. Yeah. Well, maybe you need to train harder, I don't know. But it does stretch credulity because it's like, it's the, the quickest of all movements. Like, I, mm. I don't understand, like, stealing a wallet. You'd just be quick in and out. Yeah. It. It's probably better to do it quickly. Yeah. But, um, yeah, a watch that's just on the... Re- I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. But anyway, Margot Robbie is very good at this because she's very pretty and she's resourceful and she's mm-hmm. charming. And so she's doing very well and she's very quickly inducted into the gang. Mm-hmm. And it turns out this gang turns over like a million dollars a week in all this. Like, they're a real slick operation. Well, they're impossibly slick. Yeah. Like, they turn over... It's like, yeah, 1.2 million, I think, they, I think they say it is. They just have like a weekend in this carnival in new orleans yeah and they just still you know like camera lenses and watches and wallets and all sorts of stuff like that all the things that aren't just cash yeah you see them taking photos of everything mm-hmm. like on a on, like on a light box on a white background you know presumably to go and sell it on ebay or whatever mm-hmm. and then by the end of the weekend they're like great okay well here's 1.2 million dollars in cash this is what we've done well done everybody um you can all go home now i'll give you your cuts later Sure, yeah, you, yeah, sure, sure you will. That for a second. <laughs> like, so have they sold all that stuff that they took photos of in cash as well? Oh yeah, they've got a very active eBay account. Yeah, yeah, but that pays cash. High turn of it. Yeah, yeah. I don't, that's all the things you just, just don't think about. So. Yeah, yeah don't, don't think about. So. Yeah, it's... I guess. 
But yeah, so him and Margot Robbie also, uh, Will Smith, I should, Will Smith and Margot Robbie, they're also in this, you know, their relationship deepens, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, they seem very much like each other. And they end up going on a date to a football game, an American mm-hmm. football game. Yeah. In like a VIP section. Yeah. And this is when they run into B.D. Wong from the Jurassic Park franchise, mm-hmm. who is unacceptable moustache. <laughs> Paper thin, pencil thin moustache. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's this mega rich kind of gambling addict. Yeah. And Will Smith brings him into a game of ever escalating betting. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I actually thought, oh, well, this movie's going to take a really interesting turn. Yeah. It didn't, no, but no. I thought it was going to. Because <laughs> I thought what was going to happen, because basically Will Smith loses all the bets. And yeah. it's a really, it's probably the best scene in the film. It's very tense. Like, mm. I mean, it's stupid because they're not gambling on, you know, they're not playing cards or roulette or poker mm. or, or whatever. They're just gambling on stupid stuff like that. There's not even verifiable. Like, mm. oh, I bet you can guess who's not going to catch the hot dog. Yeah. For a million dollars. Like yeah, stuff that's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, just we'll glance over that for now. Mm-hmm. We'll come back to it because it gets deeply silly. Yeah. But anyway, they're doing these Everest Lazy Bets. But I thought, oh, okay, so because I didn't know what the plot of this film was. I was like, okay, that, that's the plot then. So he's this uber slick con artist, but his weakness is gambling. Mm. And that's yeah. how he's going to lose it all. And then he's going to be like in, in debt, like in debt to his gang debt. and to BD Wong. And that's yeah. going to be really exciting. How's he going to yeah. get himself out of that mess? That's not what this film is. No. I was very disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> So what actually happens is he loses like it starts at like a hundred quid, a hundred dollars, and then he goes up to like a thousand, ten thousand, a million, and he ends up losing. Is it two million? Is that Some, the peak? something like that? Yeah. So he's like, will, will, will he bet all the money that they just made for the weekend? Yeah. Not only his money, all of Margot Robbie's money, all of his gang's money. Yeah, yeah everything. And Margot yeah. Robbie is completely horrified. She doesn't understand. Mm. What's going on? She genuinely thinks he's lost all this money. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but he keeps cut. His ears like a classic, you know, problem gambler who tries to chase his debts, which is mm. you know what gamblers. Yeah, you know, you know, it's, it's what you definitely should never do if you're silly enough to gamble. You don't chase mm-hmm. your debts because that's how you end up in huge amounts of debt. Mm-hmm. So yeah, every time he loses, he's like, right, double quits, double quits, double mm. quits. Yeah, and he ends up like two million, whatever. And then he keeps doing it, he keeps doing it, and then he does one last desperate throw of the dice when he's like two million down, and Margot Robbie's like, well, we it, need well, to leave. well, the the penultimate one that he does that he doesn't win. Um, he says, like, okay, let's like just cut this deck of cards. Mm. High card wins yeah. all the money. Which is, uh, which something. at least is an actual form of gambling. Yeah, like that's, you know, that's, a, that's, a, that's a literal... That's pretty cut and dry. You win or you lose. Like 50-50. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's, that's pretty good, all yeah. right? But what follows? <laughs> yeah, and so, like, he lost that, which, you know, lucky for this film, because then they could do the whole main thing. Yeah. Um, well, was he banking on losing that one? Because I don't know. I guess that like everything depended on the bet that he. Well, had, no, no, because because I I sort of thought about it afterwards, and like if he won that one, then he's great, still walking the, the, away with a win. No, yeah. Well, he's walking away with literally all the money that he would have got from the next bet anyway. Oh, okay, sure. So you know, it's like he gets BD Wong to a fifty-fifty win or lose thing. If mm. Will Smith loses, he's got another trick up his sleeve, which we'll get to now. Yes. So yeah, he he loses the. The basic card draw bets, and yeah. then he, in desperation, or as we, what appears to be desperation, he says, "Okay, last time, last bet, double or nothing. You just need to look out onto this field on this football pitch, mm-hmm. pick any player, mm-hmm. and we will guess which player you've picked. Yeah, you don't need to write it down. Mm-hmm. There's no paper trail. Mm-hmm. You could lie. Like it's yeah. a lot of faith in him. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like okay, and to sweeten the deal." I'm not going to guess. Margot Robbie's going to guess, mm-hmm. and so she's got no part in this, and she's really she's just lost a load of money as far as she believes, mm. and she's really resistant to it. But then he talks her into it, 
So BD Wong, he looks out onto the pitch and he picks a guy and then Margot Robbie goes onto the pitch and she looks through her little binoculars and she mm-hmm. looks around and she sees one of Will Smith's best friends. Well, Will Smith's best friend in the movie, the guy, yeah. Farhad. Yeah. The guy from, what was that? What else was that guy in that I've seen him in recently? I have no idea. Anything that they couldn't get Jack Black for. Basically, yeah. He's one of those. He <laughs> is in something. I'll look it up later. Yeah, he's called Farhad. He's like the, he's Will Smith's like quirky sidekick in this movie. Mm. Farhad's there in a full football uniform mm-hmm. in, wearing the number 55. Mm-hmm. And so she obviously sees that and is like, right, that's the one to pick. Mm-hmm. And she picks that and BD Wong being very honest considering he's just lost $2 million is like, yeah, that's yeah. the one I picked. You win. Well, I guess that Will Smith like did the research into him and just like, okay, this guy is a chronic gambler. He, yeah. lo- he, lo- he loves this thing. He's also super rich. Yes, it's nothing and, to him, this money. Yeah. He, yeah. And and like he, 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 he loves the, the game of gambling. He's not a liar. Yeah, sure. Fair enough. So, yeah. yeah. He's the perfect mark, I think is what he says. Yeah. So she's done that. She's picked it. They've saved the day. They get off like having doubled their money. And then we get the most ridiculous, like, <laughs> the most ridiculous of these like, waha moments mm-hmm. where Will Smith explains how he did the prank mm-hmm. or the, the prank. prank. The, it's, not, it's a bit of an extreme prank. <laughs> how he did the trick or the, what's the word for that? The, the con. The con. The yeah. con. Thank you. Yeah. How he pulled off the con. Which is that he's been—he's basically been incepting the number fifty-five into the guy's head all day, yeah. and we see this flashback. It's like, well, when he walked down the hotel lobby, all of the light fittings said fifty-five. Mm-hmm. Like, what? <laughs> he's a millionaire. It's like that's like the, the the Hilton or something. We've been playing like that Rolling Stone. Is it Rolling Stones? The Rolling Stones. You've song. been playing that Rolling Stones well, song all day. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Rolling Stones song. That so I guess they had someone in the sound booth at the football stadium, just mm. playing, knowing exactly when to play. Is it? You can't always get what you want. I don't know what it's called. It's a Rolling Stones song with Woo Woo in a lot. Yeah. Woo, apparently Woo is the Chinese word for five. So it's like yeah. five, 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 five. Yeah. But there's loads of other shit. Like they somehow managed to organize a political protest about Prop 55. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, um, what else happens? Every, everyone they pass, literally everyone he passes is wearing 55 on like his lapel or yeah. his shirt. Yeah. There's a, at one point just a giant truck with Farhad's face on it with the yep. number 55 just drive past his like yeah. point of view. It's like, the level... They probably spent more than two million just setting up this ridiculous <laughs> con. Like, it's yeah. insane. But, yeah, mm. it's, it, it, it's mad. It would work if this was literally Inception and they were just playing with the, the realms of the mind. Oh, but yeah, that's literally definitely. What doing, yeah. But, yeah. That would be fantastic if they did a little Inception yeah. interlude here, but that wasn't like the main part of the film. Yeah, yeah. If also, that... we have the power to invade people's dreams. Yeah, yeah just like, by the way, yeah. like, it, it happens for like 15 minutes in the middle of the film, and then that's not what the film's about. Yeah. That would be like, all right, that was weird, but yeah. cool, I like it. Also, so th- it ends, it concludes, the big piece de resistance is that Farhad, the best friend character, is on the pit football pitch it, as a player. Mm. He's a big guy, he looks like a football player, yeah. he's big, and he's wearing a big, like, number 55 team shirt basically well he's not big like a football player he's big like an obese man that he is yes true but American <laughs> football players sometimes do look like that yeah I guess they have they're like rugby right. players to the power of 10 some of them are like huge yeah but there's a difference between like having a lot of muscle and mass mm-hmm. and just being obese well that's true they're, yeah. like there are, there are different alright judgy a... <laughs> well, I'm just saying <laughs> no no I'm not even yet but, but <laughs> that's not, the... not that I want to play American football against him no 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 but sure. uh you know. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's what I was going to say. It's like, so we see Margot Robbie and BD Wong looking at this guy who's on the pitch. He's talking mm. to the coach. He's talking to the other players. Mm-hmm. And none of them seems to be going, who the fuck are you? This yeah. is like a, ha- a <laughs> Premier League, whatever the American equivalent. It's like, you know, yeah. one step down from the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, this is a 
professional game. Who are you? Why are you on our pitch wearing our team shirt? Like, well, he does say to the coach, like, the minute that it's fine, he just sort of pats him on the shoulder and says, right, thanks, coach, consider your debt paid. Oh, did he? So, like, so like the coach was in debt Oh, I didn't, know, I didn't pick up on that. Okay, so he's bribed the coach. Yeah. Okay, that somewhat. I mean, not really, but sure. No. Okay. <laughs> It, Unless he's it, grabbed also the entire rest of the team he's supposed to be on. Like, maybe. Because none know. of them are like, you'd think, yeah. None I, of them yeah. at one, any point pick up on him. But, mm. no. but then like, it, it gets to the end of that and he explains all this to Margot Robbie. Mm. And that's where we see this whole big montage. And then she says, well, what if he didn't pick 55? Yeah. You know, the question on all our minds, yeah. just like, this is ridiculous. What if he didn't pick 55? Will Smith just says, simple, just double it until he does. Like, how many times do you think he's going to... You may as well have just played cards with him. Yeah. Like... <laughs> it's completely absurd. Because <laughs> I, I, I don't know if this is true of, like, the psychology of gambling, but I think whenever I'm, like, in a situation where it's, like, they tell you pick a number or whatever, mm. you know, whether it's a magic trick or a gambler, whatever, I always pick the second thing that I think of because mm-hmm. I, I always second-guess myself. I don't, right, know if it's yeah, tr- yeah. I don't know if it's true that you'd... If, if, if someone has been in your head all day and you're like, oh, that one, you'd be like, oh, that's too obvious. Especially if it's like, like you said, this guy who clearly doesn't look like the other football players. Mm. Well, that's too obvious. He's he's a standout. Let's give us someone more bland. Yeah. Like, you know, there's two million <laughs> yeah. on the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But whatever. Just Again, just, just don't think about it. How did you know who he was going to pick? We told him to. We've been telling him all day. From the moment he left his hotel room, we've been priming him. Programming his subconscious. He's been seeing the number 55 all day long. On the elevator, in the lobby, even the stick pin on the doormat. Not only that, we loaded his route from the hotel to the stadium. He looks out the window, primers are everywhere. Now he doesn't see it, but he does. There's no getting around it. He even sees far. Suggestions are everywhere, from the number of flowers in a vase to the tramp stamp on the hooker we sent to his room last night. That is genius. So they get away from that whole situation, they're up on the money, Margot Robbie's like, I can't believe you did that to me. And then they're kind of celebrating in the back of the car, and then very abruptly, Will Smith just dumps her. Mm. He just jumps out of the car, he says, take it to the airport, runs away. Mm Mm-hmm. She's left. He's like, your job is over. We're done. There's no yeah. more. And she doesn't know why he's done this. Mm-hmm. And then it immediately cuts to three years later, mm-hmm. and we're in, which is very abrupt. And it's also yeah. like the full-on end of all that storyline. Then it just hard cuts, starts a new storyline. Yeah, it's like the sequel just kicked in forty-five minutes into the original movie. It's yeah. really strange. Yeah, <laughs> I can't think of any other film that does it. That no. basically is two films. It is. You're right because this felt like it could be like a franchise of these kind of you know. Which yeah. might, be, might be more fun. I might have given it more room to breathe. I would have liked to see more BD Wong. I enjoyed yeah. his, I enjoyed that whole plot. It, it did, but what what more can you do with him though? Well, maybe he like comes back as like nobody steals from BD Wong. Like, maybe he turns out to be a bit more cutthroat than he seems. Mm. That would be how it would go in a more uh, in yeah. a very generic kind of movie. You know, yeah. Not that this isn't generic, but it's kind of its own weird thing. Mm. Anyway, regardless, so three years have passed. We pick up in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will Smith still working the uh, the con artist. Racket, I guess, but he's now involved in some nonsense that I never entirely like cared enough to think about. But it's something like he's working for a millionaire. Okay, basically, there, okay, there, straight there, man me this. Yeah, there is. A... <laughs> what it's all about cars and shit. I don't care. <laughs> um, okay, there is a a millionaire Formula One. He's not a driver. He's like 
like he like he owns a car or he owns yeah, a, a magnate, team or yeah. something. Yeah, basically. Um, played by Carl from Love Actually. He's also in Westworld for a bit. But is yeah. he's oh, yes, the, yes, yes. Yeah, he's got one of those faces. He plays like one of the cowboy villains in yeah, Westworld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, yeah. So he uh, he has this computer program mm-hmm. that's the fastest engine in the world. Yeah, that basically like does all the right calculations for the for the Formula One cars that'll just give them the edge. Yes. Give their give their team the edge, you know. Maybe it's the right fuel usage or something or I don't know. It's something loosely related to car racing. <laughs> I feel like you understand this like a hair's breadth more than I do. <laughs> yeah, I mean maybe if I was an actual Formula One person. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Clearly um, not. I, I, I might I might know something more, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean you don't need to know anything more, and this film kind of banks on that. No, absolutely not. No. But yeah, Will Smith says that. Oh, oh, oh no, I'm, I've kind of lost it here. What? Well, he's going to sell a fake version of this device to all the other, or at least one of the other racing is, magnates. So, so is, is, I'm going to call him Carl. Yeah. Um, is Carl just basically trying to con the other drivers? Is that right? The other teams. Of the, it, sorry, yeah. the other teams. Yes, I believe so. Cool. Yeah. So he's employed Will Smith as a con artist mm. to well pretend to be a, a disgruntled employee That's it, of yeah. his, get drunk at a party, push him, so that one of his competitors will come up and try and recruit Will Smith, and then Will Smith will give them a fake version of that computer program yeah. that will give them like you know slightly better results, believable enough better results, mm. but not at all. But yeah, he already but, has but not, the real not, thing, not, not so I don't understand better. why he's not just... Why not just go out there and win? Why does he need to do... Because he wants to win, but he also wants to con the, the other people, maybe. Okay. Um, well, he's developed the technology to win fair and square. I mean, I don't know if this technology is illegal, but, like, you know, like, he's ahead of the game. This feels... I don't know. Again, maybe... It's, I, well, it's, it's, all, it's all about the edge. You know, he's probably spent, like, a few millions trying to get, like, two seconds mm-hmm. edge in a race. Yeah. And he's like, okay, well, if I can just, you know, recruit Will Smith to do this then it'll I don't know maybe it'll just give them a little bit less of an edge sure or something and well yeah so anyway Will Smith does this whole performance some, some, something like that and Will Smith is like okay well this is all good I will be taking the money that you're paying me and 100% of the money that they will be paying me believing that I'm giving them the real the real deal yeah and Carlos is like oh yeah sure great yeah um which, you know, I guess for us, you're kind of like, yeah, sure, that, well, that makes clear, sense. We'll, we'll come a... back to this, but clearly Carl doesn't really care about money. No. Yeah. There's other scenes that very much made that obvious. But yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so they set up this whole performance that's going to happen in, like, a party one night where Will Smith is going to be drinking... He's drinking water, like, but it's to look like it's shots of vodka. So he basically yeah. tells one of the bartenders to give him shots of water, so it looks like he's doing a load of vodka. Yeah. And he's getting progressively more drunk, but not really. And yeah, he's going to play a disgruntled employee, like you said. Mm-hmm. So the the plan is that he's going to walk up to uh, Carl from Love Actually, mm-hmm. shove him, have a very public argument with mm-hmm. him, and then the other kind of racing magnates will pick up on this, and then that'll make it easier for him to like pretend he's in the market to sell the technology, but he's actually yeah. going to sell them fakes. Yeah. So that all happens, but then at the party, he spots Margot Robbie, mm-hmm. who appears to be in a relationship with Carl. Mm-hmm. So now he's upset for real. He kind of overdoes it. He not only shoves Carl, he punches Carl in the face and he's mm-hmm. very upset and then he storms off. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of hooks up with Margot Robbie afterwards. Like At this point, the plot moves pretty quickly. Yeah. So you just skim over all this. Um, but yeah, basically, it turns out Margot Robbie, they've not seen each other for three years and she claims that she's out of the business now. She's not a criminal mm-hmm. anymore. She's just dating Carl. Mm-hmm. And so Will Smith is feeling a little bit... Well, to be honest, like at this point for the next... like. Oh, 
half I feel like half hour of the movie mm-hmm. they just keep having the same conversation and it's quite boring <laughs> it, the, yeah the film really just goes off a cliff here also Will Smith is kind of pitched as being this quite smart guy mm, yeah um, and especially like right now he's become a, cute, uh, a computer whiz yeah which <laughs> out of nowhere alright sure fine why on earth does he think that he would just randomly bump into Margot Robbie and she's just randomly dating this guy who is clearly a very good Mark because he's literally Will Smith's Mark mm. <laughs> What's th- like, why does she think that? What, or why does he think that she's up to nothing? Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's the other thing as well. It's like nobody ever seems to have an honest conversation in this movie. No. And it, like, I get it. That's the point. You know, they're all like layers of deception. But it's 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 hard to care when every conversation is, is just this really abstract. Like, well, I, I you might think I'm saying this, but what I'm really saying is this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and it's this kind of like, well, because he talks a lot. I feel like we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with Hitch. It's that same. It's that same principle where he's like talking about the conversation rather than having oh, the conversation. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, the easy thing for me to do is to act vulnerable and then you'll feel bad. And then, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll show you some reminder of your past and then you'll feel extra bad. It's like mm-hmm. every conversation is this like convoluted con and nobody has any real conversations mm-hmm. at all. And so it just, it just becomes very repetitive at this point. Mm. But they go back and forth and back and forth. Like who's telling the truth? Who's not telling the truth? Who knows? Like at some point, Margot Robbie seems like she's been beaten up and then they kind of have sex or whatever. And <laughs> as I know, it's, I tuned out, but, <laughs> I did this went on forever mm-hmm. but it turns out with the day when Will Smith is supposed to be doing the big con mm-hmm. with all the other drivers yeah. him and Margaret Robbie have just had spent the night together I think mm-hmm. and she's in his bedroom and then we didn't mention that Carl from mm-hmm. Love Actually has a very hammy um, <laughs> kind of cut price mic from Breaking Bad style <laughs> right hand man yeah who comes in does this whole crazy speech. Like, the dialogue in this part of the film is completely insane. It's very It himself. really feels like he's... Yeah, it's very overwritten. It just feels like he's riffing, he says. He's doing this whole bit about how younger people, which I guess includes Will Smith, the fact that he's, like, 50. <laughs> They're probably not the same age. Yeah. <laughs> how younger people are, like, lazy, and it's not like it wasn't his day. And mm. he says... I wrote this bit down because it made me laugh. There's a lazy Sunday softness to your generation. Makes me uncomfortable. I like to be on my feet. I'll lie down when I get cancer. Or if I fuck. Both of which will be done on my back, in case you were wondering. And then he says there's more stuff. It's like, I've got a ginger hair on my taint, which is like between, you know what your taint is, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, fine. I don't, didn't need to point at it, I'm sorry. No, you um, <laughs> Sorry. Thanks for that image. <laughs> I've got a ginger hair on my taint and it itches every time someone lies to me. And right now I've been scratching like a dog or something. <laughs> Like a dog in heat. It's like, it's really a lot, this mm-hmm. whole section. I got a little red hair on my taint that tickles when something's afoot. And lately, I've been scratching my nethers like a fucking macaque. So while he's doing all of this, Margot Robbie is obviously hiding because mm-hmm. he's looking for her or whatever. Mm-hmm. But she manages to climb over a balcony and not be seen, so he just yeah. stomps off. And then Will Smith and Margot Robbie attempt to run away together. But then they get stopped by... Oh, no, no, sorry. Will Smith does his crap, does his whole con first. Mm. I got ahead of myself. So Will Smith does his con, he sells this... But he, he double-crosses... Uh, Love Actually guy, Carl. Carl, yeah. Yeah. He double-crosses him and sells the real device to every driver who wants it. Yeah. And pockets the cash. So he ends yeah. up with, like, $25 million in, a, in like, a unmarked bills in a mm-hmm. sack, basically. Mm-hmm. And then him and Margot Robbie meet up and attempt to escape the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but then another one of... Carl's henchman intercepts them in a scene. This is a good scene. 
I didn't understand it. What was happening here? Well, you see it so often in films where just two people are driving along, mm-hmm. but the camera's facing, like, sideways. Like, right. you, 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 you'll recognise the shot. Yeah. Like, you, you, can see who's the, you can see the passenger in the passenger seat, but you can also very clearly see the window with mm-hmm. this just got traffic sure, going sure, sure. past. And then they go past the crossroads and you see very quickly a car come and just smack into the side of them. It happens in pretty much every action. Oh, is that what this was doing? Like the reverse of that? Yeah, it was doing it from the other car's point of view, which I thought was actually really interesting. But how did that guy know that he was going to be able to hit them at that moment? Or was it just like an accident? It was definitely deliberate. It was um, a deliberate. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. But it was just... It just spent so much up. time with this character who like wasn't a character in the film. I was like, what, 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 what's happening? didn't really need to be much of a character. It was just like he's the guy that Carl hired to, okay, no, uh, okay. to crash them off the road and abduct them, basically. Okay, no, I get because, yeah, we, we, I understand what you mean, because we, we see him, like, he's driving really fast. Mm. He, he very kind of deliberately puts on his crash test, you know, mm. gear. So you know he's preparing for this crash. Yeah. I just don't understand how he managed to time it so perfectly that that was the moment that he would hit them. I mean, they do it in every action movie. They're timed perfectly in every action movie. Sure, but... It's, Apart from ones where it's an accident and they just... The driver drives into oncoming traffic for no reason. Okay, fair enough. I'll let it go. But, uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're just... Like, maybe there are other things that we haven't seen. Like, maybe they orchestrated a traffic jam. Sure. As well. And so that they were just stuck in the traffic jam. They weren't moving anywhere. So this guy could aim at them, basically. Why not? Okay. Maybe. (laughs) Sure. Who knows? So, yeah. He intercepts them. He crashes his car into their car. Mm -hmm. Next thing, Will Smith and Margot Robbie wake up in a classic crime scene warehouse. There's always a warehouse (laughs) in the Yeah. You've full reservoir dog style, mm-hmm. and, you know they're tied up on a ch- on chairs with their mouths tied up. Oh, no, Margot Robbie's got duct tape on her mouth. And mm-hmm. Will Smith is free to talk, mm-hmm. and Carl's there, and he's like, "You double crossed me. You sold my engine to everyone. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kill you now. But tell me first how you got the information. Yeah, what it, there was some information apparently that he yeah. got. I forget what it was. And then again, there's just this whole like long scene of ever escalating exposition that made less and less sense. Yeah, because there's the one line that Will Smith has just like why does it matter how I stole it? It's done. Like, what what does it matter? If he'd left it there I would have been like great, good, I don't need to know. Yeah, Yeah, it's absolutely fine. We don't care. Yeah. Well, I still don't entirely understand what happened. Do you? (laughs) Will Smith gave Margot Robbie a necklace that that she liked at the start of the film. Yeah. Probably a replica. Mm. And uh, within one of the jewels of the necklace, there was a computer chip. Oh, that was real? Sure. Yeah. But I thought that was the one that was supposed to be because... The computer chip chip scanned what scanned the weird password program that was on Carl's memory stick. Yeah. Which just gave Will Smith access to Carl's computer, which meant that Will Smith could steal the computer program. There it is. But I thought that was the plan that they had but then it fell apart when it turned out that Margot Robbie wasn't really Carl's girlfriend oh yeah because then he's like well that's a load of bullshit because she's not my girlfriend I've not spent any time alone with her Mm. because it turns out then that Margot Robbie has double crossed Will Smith Mm -hmm. again we found all this out after the fact which isn't very interesting and yes you don't actually find out do you no unless oh wait was it that because we find out, so I'm spoiling the whole end now. Sorry, but we're pretty much we're at, at the end. end. We're at the end. What we find out in the next few minutes is that Carl's bodyguard, mm. the grumpy English guy who talks about his ginger taint all the time, mm. is Will Smith's dad, and he's yeah. there. so maybe he stole it the whole time, right? Sure. And maybe he sure. shot Will Smith at that moment because mm-hmm. that was the last they'd run out of lies, and that was mm. the, that was the last distraction tactic. Yeah. Okay, I think I've, I think that might be it. So yeah. 
So well, they go through all of these different variations of what might have happened, how Will Smith and Margot Robbie might have got the information. Mm-hmm. Turns out Margot Robbie wasn't dating Carl at all. She was just pretending to date him because she wanted to steal his watch and also she wanted to make Will Smith jealous. Mm-hmm. And then Will Smith's like, well, finally I'm going to tell the truth. And then mm-hmm. Carl's bodyguard just shoots him through the chest mm-hmm. and it looks like he's going to die. And then he's like, I just couldn't take any more of this ridiculous lying, all these ridiculous... Mm-hmm. All this exposition is too much. Which yeah. I was like, good, yeah, good for you. <laughs> I like that when, when it gets like cut off. It's yeah. shocking. Yeah. Most movies just let that happen. And then Carl panics and just runs out, leaves the money, leaves mm. the 25 million. He's just like, this is your mess, I'm out here. <laughs> runs away, the other guy also runs away. Mm-hmm. And it's left with Will Smith like very rapidly bleeding out. Mm-hmm. He's been shot through the lung. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Margot Robbie, who's obviously horrified and crying and like mm-hmm. begging him to live. And the old guy who just shot him. Mm. And yeah, that's when the old guy reveals that he's actually Will Smith's dad. And mm-hmm. this is the... The thing is, I guessed this plot twist like a minute before it happened, and I was like, oh my god, he's going to do that, isn't he? And I was like, proud of myself for getting it, but also annoyed. Because <laughs> they've been setting this up since the beginning. It's like, yeah. he talks about how him and his dad had a partnership where there's an old crime trick of your con artist where if you want to make someone believe you're not in cahoots with someone, mm-hmm. you shoot them, mm. but don't kill them. Mm-hmm. And then it looks like you're not on their side. Yeah. And so that's what the dad has done, essentially. He's shot Will Smith, but in a position where it's not immediately fatal mm-hmm. he has punched his lung but it's missed like the heart or any major arteries yeah. so and then he like sticks a hypodermic needle in him or whatever and sends him to hospital and it's, yeah, it's... basically keeps him alive yeah and yeah so that's basically what's happened it's been a whole long con with him shooting his own son <laughs> for 23 million dollars mm-hmm. then they drive to the hospital the dad does another long speech that I kind of tuned out of you gotta you gotta think though like when you how old do you think Will Smith's dad character is supposed to be in this well like Will Smith's 50 <laughs> yeah so like this guy's 75 yeah yeah like you know 65 are the youngest yeah but yeah probably pushing 70s mm. so what is he going to do with 25 million dollars mm. like if you've got good health you've probably got another 15 years in you sure how, how are you how are you planning on living these years I don't know just to keep I was more wondering like can you actually just recover? Okay, you might not die immediately, but if you someone shoots you through the lung, I mm. feel like that's a lifetime of yeah, I don't coughing. Think that, I don't think you can just like get over that. No. I don't think they just stitch you up and be like, oh, well, you didn't die, you're okay. Mm. Like, yeah, he he's fucked. Yeah, even if you like especially, shave ten years off Will Smith's actual age. Yeah. Especially as Will Smith now has no money, no, nope. because this guy just stole all of Will Smith's money, mm-hmm. is in a foreign country, and you know there's no like. NHS or anything that can help him out even if he was in his home country yeah so what Carl's going to be like you know what yeah (laughs) what on earth is going to happen well maybe that's and like like they've also got to explain it like it's a gunshot wound you can't just be like oh yeah it just happened yeah like the police get involved with a gunshot wound well maybe not in Argentina I don't know maybe not no but he's an American citizen true presumably yeah so I don't know basically that's it the dad does this whole speech that was pretty inconsequential. Yeah. Takes all the money, leaves Will Smith and Margot Robbie outside, in, in the car, outside the Buenos Aires hospital. Mm-hmm. They stagger in on like a romantic, mm-hmm. like jazz playing. <laughs> and then the credits roll and that's it. Yeah, it is very romantic. Yeah, very totally. Yeah. It is very out of sighty. Yeah. It definitely has that vibe for me. Yeah. But not as clever. No. And not enough jailer Or any jailer <laughs> Once again, much like Hitch. Margot Robbie's very good in this. Replaced with J-Lo. Better movie. Mm. Similar age range, you know. Mm-hmm. She's, more, she's she's funnier. She's spunkier. Sure, yeah. yeah. 
Um, these people have heard of Margot Robbie. Ooh, um, bad, right, bad. so end of the season. What was the best and worst? Uh, the Will Smith franchise that we did, uh, non-franchise movies that we did. So we did. What did we start with? The first Wild one? Wild West. Wild Wild West. Then we did Hitch. Yes. Uh, did we do Hitch second? Well, no, yeah, it was Wild Wild West, Hitch, I Am Legend, Hancock, mm. Focus. Yeah. Ah, God, I'm going to say... God, they're all so problematic. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from I Am Legend, that one's, like, just about all right. It's not quite yeah. problematic, it's just, like, it's not great. Yeah, I'm going to say I Am Legend. Although, maybe I enjoyed Hitch the most, even though it's not very good and it's got a lot of problems, but it's I think I enjoyed, kind of charming. I enjoyed Hitch the most. Definitely. I think because that just relies on Will Smith being charming, which he can do in his sleep. Yeah, and if you, you know, resign yourself to the fact that, like, this film, in, in, in this universe, women are ridiculous. Yeah. Like, if, if you can just sort of accept that and move on, mm-hmm. then you can really enjoy this film. Yeah. Whereas everything else has other problems with it that you can't really get past. True. I'd almost say that this one, as much as it's ridiculous, at least Margot Robbie gets lots to do, and she's not just mm, like yeah. objective. I mean, she's very objectified, but she's well, yes. not like, but she's not purely objectified. She does yeah. have a whole, you know, a character to play. Yeah. So this one might be number two. I don't know. Yeah. This or I'm Legend. There's a clear top three, and then Hancock and Wild Wild West are very much. Just... Yeah. Well, Wild Wild West is terrible in in an interesting way. Hancock's just pretty terrible. So Hancock's <laughs> Hancock's the clear worst for me of this five. Okay, I think Wild Wild West might be the clear worst. Okay. I think that's the one that I'm least likely to watch again. Oh, I'm not watching any of these again. I can't imagine a world where I'm going to watch any of these films again. <laughs> not I imagined? I've already seen it twice. I don't know okay. if I need to see it another time. Fair enough. Like, if, it, if, it's, like, if it's on, you know, mm. maybe. But yeah, I doubt it. Mm. Oh, dear. See, it's just not a patch on Glenn Close season. That's the problem. You need to pick the actors better. I think Glenn Close season was way worse. No, I disagree. Some genuine classic movies. Uh, no. no. Well, agree to disagree. Okay, drinking games. Drinking games, yes. So, first up, drink for any fake watches. Fake watches, okay. Is that just any time a watch is stolen or specifically fake? What? Basically, all the watches in this, I mean, I, I am now going out with a watch repair specialist. Oh, is this so, like the main point um, of notes in the movie for you guys? Yeah, none of the watches in this film have any brands. Oh, okay. They're just but, like but they're, but they're all made to look like a Rolex or something. I'm surprised because, oh, I guess it's probably because, I was going to say you'd think they'd want the product placement, mm. but actually, probably. This watch is really easy to steal. It's probably guess, not a very yeah. good yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had drink every time someone like steals something with sleight of hand. Yeah. Right, yeah. 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 Drink for montages. Montages, okay, yeah. Plenty of them. Mm-hmm. Mostly during explanations. Yes, yes. Just like flashback montages kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Where it goes back over a scene you've already seen and it's like, mm-hmm. well, this is what really happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Drink every time Margot Robbie has a costume change. Sure. She is yeah. a big old clothes horse in this movie, which mm-hmm. makes sense. She looks good in most things, but uh, mm. yeah, she's in a different outfit in literally every scene of this movie. It's like, yeah, her, her costume budget was clearly huge. Sure. Uh, drink whenever Margot Robbie and Will Smith go their separate ways mm-hmm. or find themselves getting back together. Oh, okay. So when the movie takes them apart. And... Yeah. Because they do very often say like, I don't want to see you again. Ah. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely one of those. Like, yeah. I love you, but I hate you. I hate you, but I love you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Drink every time Farhad, the best friend character, mm. the fat guy who's uh, doubles as a football player, mm. says something gross. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like, and yet 
Yeah, Margot there's... Robbie seems to find him to be the most charming man in the world. And so I don't weird, get isn't it? it? Yeah. You don't see any point where he's like nice to her, no, or you know, says anything funny that, or anything that she would find funny. You know, the stuff that obviously we're supposed to find funny. But like, yeah, and then like later in the film when she sees him, she's like, "Oh, my best friend, I've, I've not seen you, you in so years." Much. You, yeah, you the you the one I miss the most. Like, yeah, why? Like, there's one scene when they when they first meet they're sat in a car together and he's just literally saying to Will Smith have you banged it yet you should bang it and she's like I'm right here like, <laughs> that would be enough to be like this guy's an arsehole yeah. and then there's a scene where they're like he's showing her pictures on his phone of like his family I guess mm-hmm. the other family or whatever mm. and he's like oh that's my wife and that's my kid and that's my dog oh and that's my dick yeah. <laughs> and she's like oh Farhad like, yeah. <laughs> like what, what no. the fuck is this yeah. no he's awful yeah mm-hmm. But she seems to find him endlessly charming. Yeah. If it turned out that she was running a con... Yes. That, like, <laughs> that would have been better, yeah. You know, she was trying to get on his good side, or Will Smith's good side, mm-hmm. um, so that, you know, they you know, steal his watch or whatever, I don't know. And, yeah, if that was the reason why she was getting on with him, that'd make a bit of sense. It is never, ever explained, is it? Yeah, it's uh, pretty bizarre. Who's the girl? Her name is Jess Farhad. She's our intern. Oh. You hitting that? I'm right here. No, Farhad, I'm not hitting that. You should hit that. Yeah. Hi. Still right here. I totally hit that. Yeah, and drink for the title of the movie. It's only the one time, right? Does I, happen more? I thought it happened more than once, but I'm not Maybe too sure. Maybe it does, I don't know. Uh, I had drink for Apple references. Sure. It's more yeah. than you'd think. This film has a lot of references to Apple. Mm-hmm. And... Finally, drink every time your brain goes, what? <laughs> like just, just a plot turn or whatever. It's like, I don't think that makes sense at all. What? I don't, I don't think my brain ever did that. I think my brain was more like, <sighs> here <laughs> we like go. just gave up, yeah. Like, well, either way, if your brain ever have a size or just go, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah. Cool, right. Before we get to our sequels, mm-hmm. I assume you're done drinking games. Yeah, yeah, that's all. Listeners, if you've enjoyed any of this Will Smith season, mm-hmm. which I promise, if you've not listened to any of the past episodes, they're all better than all five of these films put together. Yeah, yeah. We, I think all the discussions... It's a low bar. Been, all the discussions but... have been good. It's just the films <laughs> that haven't been interesting, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you've enjoyed any of the episodes, then you might consider um, supporting me and John on Patreon, mm-hmm. where we run uh, we run a pay-as-you-feel system. We don't do tiers. And if you do decide to support us, then you get a few bonus features, such as bonus episodes where we review cinema releases, which we're getting back into. Promise, we'll yes, get back it's into. Co- it's coming very we're, soon. We're literally watching Tenet tomorrow. We'll review it this this week. So <sighs> it's going to be such a good time. Mm-hmm. Imagine if it's just a disappointment. I've read mixed reviews. I'm not going to lie. <sighs> the Guardian gave it two stars. Yeah, but the, yeah, the Guardian. Like I know. That. Yeah. Anyway, it might be a bit clickbaity, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, the first, if you see a review, Tenet was shit, so you're going to read that shit straight away. Oh, like, God, what? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll make our own opinions. Though. Yeah. I've read lots of good reviews as well. So Cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, so there's that. We do the bonus show uh, on that. We also do... What else do we do? Well, I'm not in the brain space for this. So but... we have our regular bonus show. We have extended episodes. Yep. We have our Patreon group on Facebook where you can get to know yep. more than the rest of the Patreon crew. Yep. And you can also have an opportunity to choose a film for us to do on a future episode. If there's mm-hmm. a film we've never covered you'd like us to do, mm-hmm. ask us, we will do it. And if you would like to guest and join us, you're welcome to do that as well. Mm-hmm. And finally, if you happen to have any kind of thing that you would like to promote, be it a podcast of your own or a business or just something you're a fan of, it doesn't mean to be something you create yourself, 
let us know and we will happily advertise. It will give you a 30-second ad slot on a regular basis to promote your wares. So, mm. yeah, all that and more is available at patreon.com forward slash beyond the box set for as little as $2 a month or more. Great. Yeah. I, I'm going to leave this for you to do in the future. This... No, no, no. You're not getting off that easily. I helped you out this week. But no. so... <laughs> You're one of those kids who like did the dishes really badly just so you'd never get asked to do the dishes again, weren't you? So, <laughs> you're not going to get me with that. Fine, fine. You've seen through my little scam, my little con, my prank. That's that, that's your focus prank. Yeah, yeah. It's not very good. Let's see, Alex. Uh, what do you think of Jaws, which is at 97% Rotten Tomatoes? I find it to be anti-shark propaganda. What do you feel about the Entourage movie, which is at a meager 33%? I think they finally got Hollywood right. How about It Follows, 97%. Worse than your parents giving you the sex is evil talk. How do you feel about Juno, which is at 94%? That would be a movie that celebrates a teenage homewrecker. Uh, how about Bewitched at 25%? Best television adaptation ever put to film. How do you feel about American Hustle? The towering 93%. Overwrought awards bait. Righteous Kill, 19%. The movie that Michael Mann wishes he had made when he created Heat. Sounds about right. I'm Julio. I'm Alex, and we are the Contrarians. As you can tell, our thing is that we rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. Regardless of what we really feel. Find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn. Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere. Right, sequels, actual sequels this time. Yes. So, first one I've come up with here mm-hmm. uh, is called In Focus. In Focus, mm-hmm. okay. Um, it's a few years later. The two of them have married. Margot Robbie and Will Smith have married? Great. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they have become the two most successful and thereby richest con artists in the world. In the whole world, okay. Mm. Just doing the same old stuff? Just doing lots of like big cons and... Yeah, I mean, maybe the cons get bigger and bigger or something. Sure, Just, okay. They're more successful, at least. Okay. But anyway, one day, they find themselves in a very weird place where essentially the events of the Suicide Squad are taking place. Okay, I had this one as well, to be honest. But, cool. Uh... They are surprised to see themselves on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, as in, they're not on the team. They are just like, they see the team and they see that there's somebody who looks like Will Smith, somebody who looks like oh, Margot Robbie okay. no, there as well. Okay, so it's not that they have become no. DC supervillains. It's that they turn on the TV or the or the go to the cinema or whatever. And they they they, they, they they just go like maybe they go for a city break or they go for a con in some city, right. and the events of the Suicide Squad start taking oh, place. Oh, okay, so it's like, like they... Cara Delevingne just starts getting all witchy or whatever, okay. and but are they seeing themselves as in Harley Quinn and just people who look very much like? Them. Okay, right. So it's not actually them; it's their lookalikes in yeah. some way. Okay, and so they're That's very su- did, but... they're very surprised to see lookalikes of them on the team and are quite shocked by their insane personalities. Okay, just like. What's going on? Why are we like this? Mm-hmm. Is this what we're like? Sure. Why are we seeing ourselves? What's, what on earth is going on? Mm-hmm. And after a few minutes, we see from the outside perspective that they've been abducted and put in a Truman Show-style TV show. Ah. This has all been orchestrated by Will Smith's dad. The, the old man from the original Focus? Yes. Okay, right. As a con, basically to get them out of the way so that he can go into the world of conning without them realising and steal their identities. Okay, so he's distracting them with the movie Suicide Squad. Yes. Okay. 
Interesting. Yeah. Do you have anything to add to this, by the way? It's a very long concert. So the people playing... <laughs> it is bizarre, yes. So the people who are playing Harley Quinn and... They're hired actors who just happen to look a lot like Will Smith and Margot Robbie. Okay, right, sure. But it's enough that they're convinced. And so they think that maybe they've got like long-lost siblings or they've been cloned or something? Like something like that, yeah. Basically, he just wanted to put them on a wild goose chase. Okay. Or, well, he wanted to put them on a, such a wild goose chase that it would take them ages to work it out or get out of it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So do you reckon they foil him? Do they kind of figure it out at a certain point? Yeah, I'd say that they... Yeah, something like that. What's his plan? Has he got another whole scheme in the background, like a, a grand theft? That His his scheme is quite simple. It's just like get them out of the way right. using different forms of identification. He stole them from them, fake their identities, mm-hmm. empty their bank accounts. Okay. Simple. He's, he's just in it for the money. Oh, so he's literally taking you know, you, their you know, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He spent like, he spent all that twenty five million in the last three years or whatever. You know, right. now he's like seventy seven. Sure. And he's thinking about you know maybe retiring in five years or so. Sure. So he wants slow all it the, down a bit. Yeah. So you know he he wants a bit of a fund for that. Okay. 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 I like it. Yeah. So is it going to end with him being defeated, or is it more like a reconciliation, like when he realizes the error of his ways and like reconciles I, with his son? I reckon maybe a bit of both. But also maybe it just ends in the same way that Focus does, but maybe the other way around somehow, that, like, they do manage to get out, because they're our heroes, really, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Um, They can't be seen as too much of the underdog, so... Okay, maybe. So, Will Smith and Margot Robbie are investigating, like, this crazy world where they've got these weird doppelgangers who are Mm -hmm. these crazy DC villains. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, you know, it's very, and it is. It's a bit true, and sure, they, they they feel like they're, maybe they're trapped in this like giant ruse. That could be it, because it's not just like the crimes that happen that they orchestrated in in actual the film Focus. Yeah. The crimes that Will Smith orchestrated in Focus are so elaborate they are Truman Show esque. You know, because it's like the entire universe seems to be in on it. You know, you've mm. got all these extras and actors, so that is very Truman Showish. Mm-hmm. So That's maybe they become paranoid that they're trapped in this similar situation where mm. everyone is literally everyone around them is playing into this weird alternate universe alternate reality kind of thing yeah and maybe eventually Will Smith somehow clicks he's like this is one of dad's cons mm. and maybe he sees his dad you know maybe mm-hmm. his dad like is trying to do something in the background and he gets mm. spotted and it winds up with Will Smith chasing his dad down rugby tackling him whatever you know <laughs> tying him up and being like you did this didn't you tell me the truth and then is his dad the joker Maybe, yeah. Maybe his dad is. Maybe his dad is like a Heath Ledger joke. In Heath Ledger Joker makeup at this moment. Jared Leto Joker. Jared Leto. Oh, whatever. Yeah, Jared Leto Joker. Um, Don't get them mixed up, John. You're better than that. Okay, so well, I'm just saying he's in Joker makeup. Is what sure. I'm saying. Yeah. And Will Smith is confronting him and interrogating him and being like, "You did this, didn't you? You you set this whole situation up. You orchestrated it. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this to me and my wife? You know, mm-hmm. shouldn't you be a better father?" Mm. And the conversation gets more heated and more heated and more heated. And eventually, Will Smith just loses it, shoots his dad through the chest. Wow. And then Margot Robbie's like, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. What the fuck? And the dad's lying there. <laughs> and then... So, so she, she, she she falls on the same trick twice then? Essentially, yes. Right, okay. and then, so you with me. <laughs> Ultimately, it's another long con. And it turns out Will Smith was in on it the whole time. And he was part of the whole... Mm-hmm. He was part of the whole illusion. So he, mm-hmm. he, he was working with his own lookalike who was going to be the... What is Will Smith's character called in Suicide Squad? Uh, Deadshot. Deadshot. So he's working with the guy who looks like Deadshot. Mm. And then he, basically him and his dad have been working together on this whole long con prank. Maybe there's... The aim of it all is to get Margot Robbie to divorce him. 
because if she's the one to initiate the divorce, she gets she less, less money. Oh, and okay. so he gets more of her money. Add a War of the Roses element. Yes, I like yeah. that. That's good. Okay, yeah. And then so like legally, Will Smith just has more of her money and that's completely above board. Yes. Okay, that's very good. Yeah, just just Perhaps. drive us a distraction with uh, yeah. with these ridiculous pranks. Yeah, Something like that, yeah. yeah. Okay. I just like the idea of reversing it. With Will Smith shoots it. his dad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's all, and Margot Robbie once again is just a foil in all of this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that works. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, one of mine was very similar, so I won't go into it because it's basically the same. But yeah, I did have a thought of like, maybe this entire film focus took place within the DC universe. Just mm-hmm. never, we never found out because, you know, mm-hmm. just, just, it, it's just happening. And I was thinking maybe there's a version in which Will Smith and Margot Robbie end up taking on the personas of Deadshot and Harley Quinn mm-hmm. and getting themselves arrested. But it's all another one of their ridiculous long cons just to get close <laughs> to multimillionaire Bruce Wayne. Right. So okay, they can yeah. steal his, his, his Rolex or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They can the steal his Rolex. Yeah, the whole thing is just so... Like, <laughs> That's know, all they want to steal they his killed Rolex. His, they killed his parents when he was a little kid. <laughs> they waited. Margot Robin jumped into a vat of acid with her love. Yeah, all this yeah. purely just so they can swipe his watch. Yeah. So, all right, yeah, sure. Yeah. But that was basically... It was basically the same idea. What, what if Suicide Squad? So I, was, I won't dwell anymore on that. But Cool. Cool. Uh, I have one more, and this is my most uh, fleshed out idea. Uh, this is called Focus 2 Fortune Hunters. Mm-hmm. This is, again, based on my favourite section of the movie, the original movie, which is when he has that very tense gamble off oh, yeah. with B.D. Wong. Yeah. And when he eventually wins the one bet, and B.D. Wong is very magnanimous in defeat. He's like, you know, you're my best friend now. I want to take you to Vegas. You're a crazy gambler. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I want to see that movie. Mm-hmm. So in this movie, shortly after the events of the original film, he is indeed invited by B.D. Wong to accompany him on a trip to Las Vegas for a, a debauched, gambling fueled mm-hmm. weekend. But obviously, because B.D. Wong's character is like a, seemingly like a billionaire, yeah. you know, they're going to like the top-end... Va- it's not just like the roulette tables mm-hmm. in you know, some random Caesar's Palace. They're going to like mm-hmm. the top-end, you know, real high-stakes stuff. Mm-hmm. And Will Smith only goes, with Margot Robbie, of course, because he thinks he can trick him again. Yeah. He's like, okay, I'm going to... You know, this guy's so... He's just a license to print money, so I'm just yeah, yeah. rip him off again. But what he doesn't realise is that B.D. Wong has been... He's learnt from his mistake, and he's actually... I think he realised in that moment he'd been hard, mm. but then he immediately was like, right, I'm going to I'm gonna get revenge for this. Mm-hmm. This is B.D. Wong's character. Yeah. And so he's actually... This whole thing is just a long con on Will Smith to kind of con him out of the money that he took from B.D. Wong and more, basically. Mm-hmm. So, and it's basically because the idea of this is that in the original film, we never see a Will Smith plan fail. He's like, he's too omniscient. He's too powerful. He's too perfect. Like mm. all of his cons and his schemes essentially work exactly as he anticipates. Mm-hmm. So in this one, he goes to Vegas, gets into another gambling match with BD Wong. And it's the same kind of really high stakes, but they just don't work. Like mm-hmm. every time something goes wrong, it's not, it doesn't turn out the way he anticipated. And like he says in the original film, he keeps every time he loses he doubles down and it mm. just keeps he keeps chasing his debt and chasing his debt and chasing his debt and chasing it until he's bet and lost way more than he ever could possibly <laughs> ever cover like he's, he's yeah. literally into the tens of millions if not you know if not billions yeah. at this point which yeah. is for, still for BD Wong pocket money but he gets to that point where he's not only maxed out but he's like so beyond that stage that there's no way there's no conceivable way he could ever pay off this debt mm. so he's massively in over his head and 
this is when he realises that B.D. Wong's character is considerably less cheerful about this whole thing when someone owes him money. Mm. Now he's like, well, if you don't give it to me, then I'm going to, you know, break your kneecaps, shatter mm-hmm. your legs, mm-hmm. throw you in a ditch, kill you, you know, all that, you know, yeah. basically. His life is forfeit until he manages to pay this debt. So he's completely screwed. He needs money fast. But considering the extent of his debt, which is approaching billions, the only thing he can do... <laughs> Like, literally, he just keeps doubling. He just keeps doubling. It's insane. It's important billions. Yeah. The only, his only recourse, his only way out of this, which he figures out with Margot Robbie, well, they go on, they go on the run, basically. They go on the run from B.D. Wong because I mean, he's something to at, at, at this point, I, I assume this is not where you've gone, but um, if I was in a casino and I was, I was like, nosediving that hard yeah. that I was, like, in billions of debt, not millions, billions of debt. Yeah. I would just keep doubling down. Until like, what? Well, because, well, in reality, casinos don't let you get into... That you can't bet more it, than you can afford. Yeah, yeah like, like you, you, there, there is a limit on how much you can bet. Yes. But, you know, in this world that you've thrown Correct. out there, that's not possible. Well, in the high-stakes billionaire club, you know. So if I was in billions of debt, I would just keep doubling down mm-hmm. until it's into the trillions, yeah. and then until it's into thousands of trillions. And after a while, suddenly I'm in more debt... Then there is money in the world. <laughs> then there is money in the world, and exactly. And so then I'll just be like, "Well, what are you going to do?" <laughs> <laughs> and then just walk away. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, in my version, he, he, they what, stopped him at what, that. What point. would happen? I don't know. They probably do what BD One wants to do and kill you. Yeah, but like for what? They wouldn't get any money out of it. True, but just for revenge, you know. Uh, anyway, the point is, <laughs> they they go on the run. And they're in deep hiding because BD Wong's got all kinds of massive bounties out on them. They're, they're basically marked. Well, Will Smith is a dead man walking. He's a marked mm. man. Yeah. And they know that they can't keep this up for very long. And Will Smith realizes his only recourse, his, the only way he's possibly ever going to get enough money to settle his debt with BD Wong and release himself from this mm-hmm. is to scam the richest man in the world. Right. Jeff Bezos. Of course. So then, the, and then that's where my idea has ended. But like, basically, the idea is that then he just sets up on a huge long con scheme to outgamble Jeff Bezos. And, All right, okay. Yeah. yeah. Any any way you think we can go with that? Or? Um maybe he sells Amazon on eBay. Well just 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 puts the whole <laughs> listing up on you just like highest bidder. Oh, Start no. a dollar. No 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 I've got I've got it. I've got yeah. it. Um it's through eBay instead of Amazon, he starts one of those schemes where like I'm gonna try and buy a house with a paperclip. Oh, I see. You know, okay. exchange a paperclip for a stapler or whatever. Sure. And just work up and up and up <laughs> until, like, he gets gets to a house. Yeah, great, okay. Then he goes from a house to, like, a bigger house, then to, like, an office building, and then to a skyscraper, and then to, he goes to businesses, and he's like, okay, well, now, you know, using that money, I've bought Disney. So now I'm going to sell Disney in exchange for Apple or something like that, and just get so up does, and up and up. Does, does Will Smith's character accidentally end up as the most powerful man in the world just from this? <laughs> As the richest man in the world, he, yes. he owns like he's like Elon Musk meets Jeff Bezos meets Tim Cook. He just owns everything. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, um, yeah. He basically just trades up and up and up. He plays the long game, but yeah. we get it in a nice, quick five-minute montage. We do get a montage, and the whole thing was a plan. Even losing to BD One once again, it was all a whole plan. Yeah, yeah. and Margot Robbie's just like, I'm out. This is just too stressful. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I like to see maybe like as over the course of the montage, Will Smith's hair gets greyer and greyer and yeah, thinner yeah. and thinner, and he ends up like. 
a proper old man, just yeah. like, I did it, I beat you, Jeff Bezos, and it cuts like Jeff Bezos is great if he died 20 years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Like rich and happy or something. <laughs> yeah, he's just fully becoming, he's become like uh, the guy from uh, Citizen Kane. It's just like he's yeah, obsessed yeah. with, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he gets, he, the hunter gets captured by the game kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That might be a better title, actually, rather than Fortune Hunters. It's Focus 2, the hunter gets captured by the game. I like it, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Very good. Okay, the last one I've got here is probably not very good. So during the three-year time gap in the middle of... Oh, okay, we're getting a mid-qual. I like mm. a mid-qual. Um, follow Margot Robbie. Follow Mar- Not half Margot Robbie, follow Margot Robbie. Sorry, we follow Margot Robbie. You follow Margot Robbie, okay. As she tries to start her own con life. Oh, okay. You know, because she's had a taste of it from the first half of the film. Okay. Um, and then, you know, by the second part of the film, she's not got very far. Mm-hmm. Well, according to Will Smith standards. You don't know what she's been up to, yeah. Could be, uh, oh yeah, she basically just goes on Tinder where she meets a series of hot guys mm-hmm. played by rom-com stars. She meets them, practices her new and different heist ideas on them, some of which fail, which I'll be, which should be fun to see, mm-hmm. until she eventually meets Carlton Love Actually and finds out his watch is worth 300 grand or something. Okay, so so it's like, the idea is that because that actor is mostly known for being in a rom-com, mm. he's, it's just Margot Robbie ripping off a bunch of like rom-com stars, so like yeah. Hugh Grant, Colin Firth. Yeah. Who else does a lot of rom-coms? Uh, Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I like that. I thought you were going to go down, again, similar to Suicide Squad, where in the meantime, Margot Robbie set up the Birds of Prey. Cool, yeah. I mean, that movie's very forgettable, so I don't know where you go with that, but... No, I mean, you could... I could totally see that cast doing a con. Yeah, absolutely. Don't really know where to go with that, though. No. No, I think your idea's better. I like the idea of him just... She's just, like, ripping off all the rom-com stars. Mm. Just, like, she's playing out all of the classic rom-coms, you know, the first half of them in her head, but then just to the point where normally those films take a turn and it's like, oh, it's mm-hmm. real romance. She's just like, yuck. Yeah. Steals the watch, moves on to the next guy. Yeah. I like it. And maybe there's like a support group for like all of these, rom- you know, all these guys <laughs> who've been like manipulated and conned by this, you know, this rom-com lady. So mm-hmm. you, you could have like oh, Hugh Grant, Colin Firth, Ryan Gosling, who else has done rom-coms? Richard Gere, maybe. I don't know. But you just go through them all. And, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And then Margot Robbie like subverts all the rom-com expectations. Yeah. Also yeah, because cool. she says at the beginning of Focus that she's really bad at pretending to be in love and she, she's not very good at using uh, her sex appeal. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's part of it. Like that she's a terrible, unconvincing actress in that. But mm-hmm. she, she gets better, obviously, by trial and error. So. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That'll be fun. I'd certainly like to see her fail a, a, a few times, though. Yeah, Margot Robbie's pretty funny. Like She's a very funny actress. Mm. Yeah. So. yeah. Cool. Um, I mean, it, it is always fun to... One thing I really enjoy about watching Arrested Development is watching Lindsay like try and get guys, but oh, she's yeah. just really bad at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though she's really hot. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> like I really enjoy watching Margot Robbie do the same. I'm sure she'd be very good at that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is Margot Robbie going to end up with like a very poorly closeted gay husband who's also a never nude? Like, sure. Yeah. yeah. Great. <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> uh, brilliant. All right. Should we move on to listen submissions? Sure. So I've got loads that are just, uh, well, I've got loads that are based on photography things. I've got shutter speed, yeah, I got some, white yeah. balance, aperture, mm-hmm. freeze frame, blur. Three people gave gave me that one. Mm-hmm. Loads of other stuff. I've had seven people give me focus pocus. Focus, yeah, I had that too, focus pocus. Mm-hmm. I like it in principle, yeah. Yeah. I've got procrastination. Procrastination. The, the opposite of focus. Oh, I, I guess if you think of focus as being like concentration. Kind of. Sure, does yeah. that work or? It kind of does, yeah. It's a bit of a leap, but I can see it. Mm, yeah. yeah. Two people have given me uh, lack of. Lack of. As a okay. prequel. Lack of focus. It's like a school report. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, also, two people give me Ford Focus. Yeah, I had that too. 
And then I've got uh, some that I've actually given names to. Owen Cantwell Kelly says, Vicky Vicky Focus. Okay, so we're getting into a very much a Will Smith <laughs> cinematic universe there, shall we? Uh, there is no Will Smith rap on this one. No, he stopped not. doing that. Yeah, he he's has. Really given up I mean, on he, that, he yeah. came back with Aladdin, though. He did. You're right. But there's not a rap on. Oh, is there a rap? Yeah, there's a rap. Well, there in the was. Credits. It just wasn't like a it, hit. It, so it, it, it's it's around, a remix yeah. of. Um... You got never had a friend like me. Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, you're right. Okay, so good. So more, we, more, we, more of that, please, Will. Yeah, that's that's what we want. Give us a rap, yeah. Uh, Scotty Hill says uh, Will Smith and Margot Robbie force chemistry again. Okay, I thought their chemistry was okay in the grand scheme of it. I mean, I do have a problem with the age gap, but it wasn't like they didn't have chemistry. Yeah, I guess they're both very charming and good at faking it. But so. like, there's an age gap, but then also Margot Robbie felt like she was playing younger than she was. Like she felt very very ch- yeah childish. She did. Yeah, I um, agree. Luke Ar- Luke Armeo says, if there isn't a sequel, does that mean there is? A lack of focus, uh-huh. too. Okay. Adam Pomeroy says, Smudge. We think it's about our characters stealing a piece of art, but we can't tell because there's a smear on all the camera lenses. <laughs> the whole thing's just in yeah. like very soft focus. Yeah. yeah. Christopher uh, Beaumont. Beaumont? Beaumont, thank you. Um, says, Sharp focus. Will Smith's character discovers he has a son, played by Jaden Smith, of course. Of course, yeah. And it feels very obvious that the only reason Will signed on for the sequel was to get his son in yet another movie. I was thinking Sharp Focus could be like, it's shot in a, it's shot by a camera that shows Will Smith's real age, and it's like, oh my god. Oh god. <laughs> like the HD camera in 30 Rock. Exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark Collingwood says, Peripheral Vision. Peripheral Vision, okay. A nerve-shredding horror where the characters can only see the monster by not focusing their eyes on it. Oh, okay. I like that a lot. That's I mean, the, the title doesn't really work but no but yes it's, it's like a magic eye kind of thing. i love that concept mm. like if you look at it and like concentrate on it you can't see it you know like how you look at anything normally yeah yeah yeah. but if you look at something as though it's you know you're looking beyond it okay. you can see it cool i have a few as well only a handful this week we have john snow our friend hulu from the contrarians said oh now i have to adapt my bright sequel into a focus sequel because yeah. <laughs> we initially put a poll up about the will smith film we were going to do and uh, he wrote it for Bright, but we decided against it. So. <laughs> Sorry, never, Julio. We never settled on Bright. We didn't know. That, we settled on iRobot for a spell. But... Yeah, the, the, the vote didn't go his way either way, so, you know. Sorry, Julio. Rob Farnham said Blurry in Focus in Blurry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Trevor Sedler Sex said Ford Focus versus Ferrari, make it a double sequel. Oh, okay. Remember Ford Ford versus Ferrari? Remember yeah. that film that like, was nominated for Oscars? Yeah, that was fine. Yeah, that's a film I would never have thought of again. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I only think of it again whenever, like, looking back through the best picture. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, was that, like, that, was, that was nominated. That was one. All that right, was a strange okay. choice for sure. I didn't mind it. It was fine. Jacques Granger said, "You've already had this one." Hocus Focus, the ultimate Halloween slash whatever Focus was crossover event. <laughs> uh, over on Twitter, Paul Kleinio at Paul Kleinio said, "Out of focus, Robbie returns this time. Margot Robbie returns this time, picking up a younger guy in the form of Tom Holland." <laughs> Interesting, yeah. Margot Robbie and Tom Holland. Become the new con artist. Yeah, but it's right. just like a constant chain of people picking up inappropriately younger partners and just like yeah. training them in the ways. So, yeah. And finally, Easy Rider Raging Podcast, at Easy Rider Raging Podcast, said, the sequel, Hocus Focus, again, sees Smith and Robbie's character's car break down in Salem, Massachusetts, where they attempt to pull some sort of scam on three women who, wouldn't you know it, turn out to be witches from the 1990s. <laughs> Hilarity ensues. Nice. Very good. So that could be the Hocus Pocus focus <laughs> crossover sequel spin-off that the whole world's been crying out for. Yeah, Exciting clearly. times, yeah. 
Okay. So thank you everybody for those sequel ideas. We ask for your listener submissions every week, a few days before we record, by putting posts out on Facebook and Twitter where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, all of which you can also leave a five-star review if you like. It really helps us to find new listeners. As mentioned before, we're also available on Patreon, which is exclusively for the people who would rate us more than five stars if they could. You can find all the relevant links in the description below or at beyondtheboxset.com. Mm-hmm. And next week, is it a me pick? Yes, you Are pick. we call and focus a you pick? Yes. Okay, I'm fine with that. I've got something lined up. Mm-hmm. So... This week, while you were away, because you mm. went on holiday this week, you mm. went to Wales for the week with your family, mm-hmm. I did a little guest slot on our friend's One Good Thing. Yeah, who, I saw about that. Yeah, we did a film called Inconceivable. We're not That's not the film we're going to do, because I've just literally spent right. two hours talking about it. Okay. <laughs> I would recommend it, though, as a good, like, bad Nick Cage film. Okay. Very very watchable, very entertaining. Mm-hmm. You should definitely watch it, but it's we're not going to do that because i've literally just talked about it and i don't want to steal their thunder obviously yeah but uh that film falls into the genre of like domestic like bitches be crazy basically <laughs> you know, when we did like fatal attract it was a bitches be crazy film mm-hmm. and i love a bitches be crazy film mm-hmm. so that really put me in the mood for one of those again which we haven't done in a little while mm-hmm. don't worry we're not going back to glenn close there's, there's no glenn close but uh there's a film that came out last year that the guys from One Good Thing recommended on that episode that we did as a really good example of that genre mm. that came out quite recently that they think we could talk about. So mm-hmm. I'm like, let's do it. So next week, we're going to do a film called A Simple Favour. Just trying to think if I've heard of it. It came out about two years ago. It stars uh, Anna Kendrick. You know Anna Kendrick? Yeah. A little funny girl from yeah. Pitch Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, her and Blake Lively, who's Ryan Gosling's wife. Uh, she's been in stuff she's okay. Uh, it's directed by Paul Feig who did the Ghostbusters remake yeah. and also did Bridesmaids um, mm-hmm. yeah I've not seen it but I've heard good things okay yeah so next week tune in next week guys we're going to be discussing a simple favour alright thanks everybody for listening thank, thank you, you for much. subscribing see you next week see you next time bye <laughs>